Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in to the New Birth Podcast. There's a word of hope for you today and we are excited for what God is doing here at New Birth. For more information, visit our website, nbplaceofhope.com. Now for the message by our senior pastor, Gabby Mejia. The writer of the psalm is King David. He writes this portion of scripture after he's in the throne. He's already king of Israel, he's reigning in. And so he writes out of hindsight. He writes after he remembers and acknowledges who he is. By this time, he already killed Goliath. By this time, he already overcame the persecution of Saul. By this time, he went to the valley of the shadow of death. So now he's writing after the facts. And I want to encourage you because some of us, we're not at the after the fact stage in our lives. We're still running in the middle of the wilderness. And we're still confronting our bears and our lions and our Goliath. And so at that point, you can't write. At that point, you got to be like the palm tree and stand. So there's a time to testify. But there's a time to stand. And so he's speaking after the fact. And he says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Verse 2. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in whom will I trust? Those first two verses, David is writing about his own perspective. He's writing about him. He says, he says, I will say of the Lord. He is my refuge. He is my, this is a personal moment he's having with with, with himself. He is my God. In him, I will trust. And then he shifts from I to you. He says, surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler. And from the perilous pestilence, he shall cover you with his feathers. And under his wings, you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and your buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your right side, and ten thousand at your right. But it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look, you look, and you will see the reward of the wicked, because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. You shall tread upon Jesus, I feel like preaching right now. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra. The lion and the serpent shall not 
trample, I'm sorry, the lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me. And now these verses, first two verses was him. The next six verses was you. And now he shifts it to God. Because he has set love on me, therefore I will deliver him. God talking. And I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Lord, speak to us today. Challenge us, Lord, today. Encourage us today, Lord. We will give you all the glory. God, I can't do this without you, Lord. I need your presence. I need your power. I need your anointing. My God, I decrease that you may increase, God. Lord, I dwindle to the eight point of nothing, Lord, that they may hear and see and be impressed by your spirit and your power and your words, oh God. And I promise, God, I will give you all of the glory and all of the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. You may have a seat. Touch your neighbor, tell him, stay in the secret place. The writer says, he who dwells, stay in the secret place. He who dwells in the secret place. The word to dwell means to abide means to be consistent in the place you are in. Sadly, when it comes to our walk with God, some don't understand what to abide in Him means. We think that to abide in Him means I have to be in church five days a week. So I'm here Sundays. Mondays I'm praying, Tuesdays I'm in hope group, Thursdays I'm in rehearsal, Friday I'm in two services on youth, and I'm back at it again on Sunday. And we think that that's what it means, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. But I want to encourage you today that God is not after you being at a geographic location. He is not after you being at a specific location because he, he knows we can't dwell in church for the rest of our lives. Imagine. Nah, I ain't going to work today. I got to dwell in the house. Imagine. I ain't going to be with my wife because I just got to dwell. That's not what he's talking about. But he talks about a secret place. Now, this is not a known place. It's a secret place. Because in this globe, there is no such thing as a secret place. Maybe you've never been there, but that doesn't mean a secret. As long as there's a geographic pin location on this globe, there's no such thing as a secret place. Now, you might not know a known place. But there's no such thing as a secret place. But God is challenging us today to go 
to a secret place. But there's no secret place in the globe. Because a secret place does not have an address. If it has an address, it ain't secret. If I pin you my location, you know, I'm uh, 30 knots west, 40 knots east. No, that, that, at that point, it's not a secret no more. However, everybody in this room has a secret place. I remember my secret place when I was a kid and I got saved was my closet. I used to go to my closet, you know. And that was my secret place. In the midst of smelly shoes and Lord Jesus. And now I have my little moment with Jesus there in my secret place. And some of us, when we talk about secret place, we think that's that. But that's not that. It's not that. Because I can't be there every day. And God is calling me to dwell, to be forever. He says, he who purpose consistently dwells in that place will abide under the shadow. The problem is, I, I haven't been in that closet in 25 years. So what is a secret place? Where is the secret place? The secret place is so close to us that we don't even see it. The secret place is right in the middle of your ears, your brain, your mind. Your mind is your secret place. Your mind is that secret place. And I want to encourage you today that that's where God wants to dwell. He abides. In the secret place of the Most High. How was this secret place the place of the Most High? How is that possible? Because he said, he who abides in the secret place of the Most High, meaning it belongs to him. So how is it, if it belongs to him, so how is it that he's in here? When God developed us in the beginning, the Bible says that he gave us image and likeness. Genesis 1.26. And he gave us image and likeness for one purpose, so that we may have dominion and subdue the earth. But something happened in Genesis chapter 1 and 2. After God created Adam, the Bible says, and he breathed in Adam the breath of life, and man became a living soul. But something peculiar about that narrative is that when God breathed the breath of life in Adam... Adam wasn't alive. He was existing, but he wasn't alive. He was existing, but he had no living soul. But when God is about to breathe, blowing him the breath of life, he didn't do it the way I thought he would do it. Because he didn't breathe in his mouth, he breathed through his nostrils. If I were to fall out right now, just pass out, devil is a liar. But if I was to fall out right now, my son, I can't say my wife because my wife would get panic attacked. You'll go crazy over there. Are you me? Call 911, girl. What you doing? 
my son will run up here, and the first thing he's going to do is check if I'm breathing. And if he doesn't see any, any breath coming out of me, he's going to open my mouth, and he's going to blow his breath in my lungs to resuscitate me by means of mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. And then at that point, after he blows, hopefully his breath don't sink, after he blows, or my breath don't sink, whichever, I come back to consciousness. But God didn't do that with Adam. He didn't breathe in his mouth. He breathed in his nose. He breathed in the nostrils of Adam, and Adam became a living soul. The word soul in Hebrew is the word suke, which literally means soul. The word soul literally means active mind. So when God blew in Adam, he blew in Adam the capacity to acknowledge and to know stuff, to understand stuff. Now, why did God blow in Adam's nose? Here's why. He breathes in his nostrils and not his mouth. Here's why. For the reason why, listen to me. Hopefully nobody's addicted to cocaine. Cocaine addicts prefer to sniff cocaine than to inject cocaine. And here's why. Because when a cocaine addict sniffs the cocaine, it goes straight into the limbic part of his brain, which is the part of the brain that gives you thought. That's why a coke person, the moment he sniffs, he feels he's invincible. He feels he's unstoppable. Because there's something about sniffing it through your nose that goes directly to the part of your brain that gives you the capacity to reason, to understand, and to have thought. And God says, I want to blow into man, but I don't want to blow in him in a way that I'm just going to bring him alive. When I bring him alive, I want him to understand that I've created him so that he can have an active mind. So from the very moment God blows into Adam, Adam has a consciousness of the God who blew breath of life in him. So when he says, he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Most the secret place is here. But in order for God to come in here, you've got to be willing to let him breathe in you. The breath of life. For what purpose, Pastor? For the purpose that now your life, you're living it under the knowledge of the Word of God. And under the conviction of the Holy Spirit. When you let the Spirit of God come alive in you and you breathe the breath of life. Here's what God does. He takes you in your brain. See this as your brain. This is your brain. The moment he breathes in you, your brain becomes the place for the secret place of the Most High. So now... The Holy Spirit of God, God himself, dwells 
in this thing called your secret place. So your world does not change. But your perspective of your world changes because of the Spirit of God that is in you. That's why you gave your life to Jesus and you're still in the same hell you're in. Because God never promised to change the hell you're in. He promised to change your way of seeing the hell you're in so that even in your hell, you can give God glory. So he breathed in man the breath of life. And he became a living soul. And he's telling us today, he who dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Now, 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 what are the benefits of staying in the secret place? Number one, he shadows me. Those of us who are under the, in the secret place, I want you to know that God will shadow you. Now, let's talk a little about the importance of the shadow. You remember the story when, e when Israel, the Hebrew nation, were slaves for 400 years under the power and the regimen and the authority of Pharaoh and the Egyptians? And God told Moses, tell my people, let them, tell Pharaoh to tell my people, to let my people go, and I'm going to deliver them, and bada bing, bada bum. And, 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 while, and while Pharaoh finally decides to let them go, the people are walking out of Egypt. And while they're walking out of Egypt, Pharaoh changes his mind and he says, you know what, no, I'm going to go get them back and I'm going to kill them and I'm going to make them slaves again. And while, they, while they're walking out of Egypt, God led them between two mountains. And you know the story. They were right in front of the sea. The Egyptians were in the back. And on one side they had a mountain. And on another side they had another mountain. And it looked like it looked like they were trapped. It looked like they were set up. It looked like God abandoned them and left them there to die. But what God was doing was, he said, in the middle, remember, they, they, they were right before to cross over the Red Sea. And they were going to confront a desert-like experience. And right in the middle of that oppression and that persecution, God puts them in the middle of two mountains to give them shade. Listen to what I'm telling you. God has a way of shadowing you when the heat goes up in your life. God gave the Egyptians the heat and they died in the middle of the Red Sea. But God gave the Israelites shadow and they crossed over into the side. God has a way of putting his shadow over you. But this will only happen to those who dwell. This is only for dwellers. This is only for those who make Jesus the God of their mind and their hearts. That you could be going through your desert. You could be going through your persecution. You could be going through your fire. But in your heart and in your mind, you're walking in peace. You're walking in confidence. Because you know greater is he that's in me. Benefits of being in the secret place. He shadows me. Number two. He shelters me. He's not only a shadow, but he's my refuge. God is not only a shadow, but he's also your shelter. So while he's giving you shadow from the heat, <laughs> he shelters you. He protects you. And what God is saying is if you stay, if you stay your mind in me, I will give you shadow. I will give you shelter. I will cover you. And then he said not only that, but I will be your fortress. 
But he only shadows those that dwell. He only shelters those that dwell. So God's desire for us is not just to come to church. It's to abide in the shadow. You have to want to stay there. He shadows me. He shelters me. Here's another one. He surrounds me. The next verse says, he will deliver me out of the snare of the enemy. So not only is he providing me shadow, not only is he providing me shelter, but now he's surrounding me. Surrounding me. There's a circle of protection that every step I take, devil can't touch me because there's a circumference of God's glory all over my life that wherever I go, God's grace is with me. And, when, and listen, and listen, he, he's there, he's there to protect you, he's there to surround you, he's there to protect you. But wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. If I'm in the secret place, if I'm in the shadow of God, if I'm in the, in the blessed place, if I'm protected by God, so how can the enemy be next to me? Look what he says. He will deliver me out of the snare of the enemy. If I'm in the secret place, then there should be no enemy. But God never promised you that enemies will leave your path just because you're in the secret place. What he's telling you is, in the middle of the areas of your enemies, because your mind is fixed on Christ, you're not going to subdue to the attacks of the devil because you got the mind of Christ. Listen to me. God's presence in your life does not change or doesn't guarantee to change your environment. God's presence in your life changes your perspective in your environment. So you can say stuff like, all right, my kids died. My wife said, curse God and die. And I will say, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. That's, that's being in the secret place. Being in the secret place, okay, all right. Um, Nebuchadnezzar, I just want to let you know that, you know what, you know, put the fiery furnace seven times hotter. And I know that, you know, you want to kill me and you throw me in. I might die, but I want you to know that even you put me and put it higher and you put it hotter, I want you to know that I'm not going to bow down because my mind is at a secret place. Switch it, switch it. My mind is at a secret place. My mind is at a place where I don't need to be intimidated by the snare. Can I preach? Can I preach? I don't need to be intimidated by the snares that come against me because I know that these latter afflictions afflictions does not compare to the latter glory. Let's go. Tell them, tell them, tell them, I know who I am. Tell them, I know who I am. I know who I am. It might be hot on the outside, but I know who I am on the inside. I might be going through hell on the outside, but greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. In the secret place, the Lord promised to shadow you. In the secret place, the Lord promised to shelter you. In the secret place, I'll be like preaching. The Lord promised to surround me. In the secret place, the Lord promises also to save me. When you... Have you ever seen that show? When, anim, when, when, when hunters are hunting for animals. They're looking to hunt down a deer. And they don't, they don't just shoot at the deer. Those hunting experts, 
they spend days in the forest and they're looking for the deer. Where does he wake up in the morning? What water does he drink from the brook? Oh, who did he hang out with? And if the deer is a girl, who's she trying to kick it to? I mean, they're watching, they're watching, they're watching. And they climb on a tree and they camouflage and they have a rifle in their hands and they don't do nothing for a day or two. They're just evaluating the position of the deer because he's got a plan and the plan is to destroy. Some of y'all right now, while you're in the secret place of the Most High, you got a devil out there looking, you come to church and say, all right, I got him, I got him. He's coming to church. But I, I, I got a plan of destruction. And while you're there doing God's will, you have the enemy trying to kill you as prey. He's setting up a trap that you can be destroyed. He's setting up a trap that you may be demolished. I want you to know, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. The reason why you got the devil against you is because he knows that there's so much power inside of you. He's there three days. How can I get him? How can I get him? How can I get him? Let me tell you, some of y'all been giving the devil a headache. He's been trying to figure out how he can get you and how he can destroy you. And the more he throws against you, it doesn't happen. And the more he attacks you, it doesn't happen. Why? Because you're in the place where God gives you shadow. You're in the place when God gives you shelter. You're in the place when God gives you refuge. And you're in the place when God saves you. And when he saves you, can nobody mess with you to the glory of God. Touch your neighbor tell him, I'm glad I'm saved. I'm glad I'm saved. I'm glad I'm saved. The devil had me before. But when I gave my life to Jesus, he had to let me go. My family go, my finances go, my body go, I'm saved. So he shadows me in the secret place. He shelters me in the secret place. He surrounds me in the secret place. He saves me in the secret place and he secures me. He's my refuge. He's my fortress. Listen, he rescues me. He rescues me. He secures me from salvation, from the secret place. Ah, oh, can I, somebody say preach. The Bible says that he is my buckler. Somebody say buckler. Say like you mean it. Say like you mean it. Did you know that buckler, the word buckler was used up until 1960? When John F. Kennedy changed the name of Buckler to Secret Service in the times of John F. K. and below, the Secret Service, which are the people that are paid to protect the president, they were called Bucklers. So whenever the president was going to visit a city, he couldn't just go whenever he wanted. The Bucklers had to go first. The Secret Service, two days before the president went to that city, they had to go first. They had to evaluate the airport. They had to evaluate the highway, which was the fastest route 
back to the airport in case of an emergency. And if he's going to speak in a building, they had to evacuate the building, evaluate the building, find out the exits, because their job is to save, to protect the president of the United States of America. And that's just a man. But God says, I'm your buckler. I'm your protection. So, so, so while, while you're at the secret place, the Holy Spirit is working a way to protect you. While you're at the secret place, the Holy Spirit is paving the way. While you're at the secret place, the Holy Spirit has given you the power to overcome. Oh, man, I pray to God. Listen to me. There are some dangers that the president don't know about because the buckler took care of it before the president showed up. There are some things that God has delivered you. You were driving to work and you had no idea that God made a way out of nowhere. You were sick in your body and you were supposed to die and you had no idea that God spoke a word over your mouth. He shadows me, he shelters me, he surrounds me, he saves me, he secures me. Even I, I like this one. He stops, he stops. Whatever the devil has against you, he stops it. Touch your neighbor, tell him the buck stops here, tell him the buck stops here. The curse over my family stops with me. The lies over my generation stops with me. The sickness in my family stops for me. The book stops here. The Bible says in verse 15, no plague shall come to you. He stops every enemy in your life. Did you know when God sent out the 10 plagues and there was locusts, and hail coming from heaven and water turned into blood and the firstborn was dying. Do you know that none of that stuff happened to the people of Israel? You know why? Because the people of Israel, they went to this place called Goshen. And Goshen was their secret place. And while everybody was getting sick, the people of Israel were chilling in Goshen. And everybody was dying. And they were in Goshen. And everybody was getting sick. And they were in Goshen. And there was locusts and grasshoppers and roaches. And they were in Goshen. When you have the mind of Christ, and when you are in the secret place and you give God authority over your mind you can look at people die all around you and you can say a thousand may come to my right and ten thousand to my left but they can't touch me because I got the mind of Christ I got the mind of Christ so he shadows me he shelters me, he surrounds me, he saves me, he secures me, he stops, and the last one and we'll go home, he satisfies. He says in verse 16, with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. I'm glad to be in God's protection because I might be broke, 
but I'm still satisfied. You might leave me for another boyfriend, but I'm still satisfied. You might not like me, but I'm still satisfied. I might be alone, but I'm still satisfied. And when you're satisfying him, and no matter what the devil throw your way, you're gonna stay in the secret place of the most. God will only satisfy you as long as you're in that secret place. You gotta give God access to this secret place right here. Because he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High, and that place of the Most High is right here, shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. We hope this message has inspired you. As a place of hope, our church is committed to reach our community. If you'd like more information about New Birth, visit our website at nbplaceofhope.com.